Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of ENRG Sport, the football roundup. Uh, my name is Angus McGregor, I'm the host yet again. Um, today I'm joined by you know a couple of uh, my fellow third year students. Um, recently it's been held up by a couple of the first years, so it's a good thing that we've got some of the lower years getting involved. Could have wished for a better selection of some of the third years, I'm not going to lie though, but I'll start off first. <laughs> I've got Kyle Gamble, how are you doing Kyle? Not too bad Angus, happy to be back. Yeah, I think uh, this is our second podcast that second we've had podcast, together. Yep. Um, first one was done in the, the dark days of uh, COVID. Absolutely. Um, I think we did the podcast and then I think we had a class with each other a couple of months later. And I think it took us a couple of weeks to realise, oh, we'd actually spoke before. Yeah. Um, Never the best of buds. Yeah, well, yeah, I, wouldn't <laughs> <go that>. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go too far there. Yet. Uh, but also returning to the podcast, Calum Aldin, how you, how you doing, Calum? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good, yes. Uh, I think it's the first one of the season, um, so good to be back. Yeah, and also you're doing the ERNG radio show as well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Of course, yeah. We've got uh, Energy Radio, uh, Energy Sport on Energy Radio, uh, five till six on a Tuesday. It's uh, me, Calm, Calm, and Tommy. <laughs> We've got three Calms and a Tommy, uh, who is sitting next to me currently, but we'll get on to him later. And uh, just it's a bit different. It's a bit different to the football roundup where we just do play some games like. Um, do, uh, do like quizzes uh, talk about different things in the world of sport so tune in on Tuesdays between 5 and 6 and yeah yeah uh, make sure to do that and obviously you mentioned three Calms and a Tommy and we're lucky enough to be joined by the Tommy Tommy first podcast how are you feeling? yeah I'm feeling good yeah I'm, I do the radio with uh, Calm on Tuesdays but this is my first uh, this is my first podcast so yeah I'm excited yeah good to hear it. To so obviously today you know very mo- monumentous day and you know, the world today is Halloween, so I thought just like a nice <laughs> wee icebreaker to you know to get everybody settled into the podcast. You know, Tommy's your first ever one. Um, let's just talk about you know scary footballers or uh, anything like that. Is there anything you were gonna say? Is you're scary looking, Tommy? So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I wasn't going to go that far <laughs> on, your, on your first podcast. I wouldn't go too far in, but yeah, um, Kyle, is there any is there any examples of players who you find massively intimidating, or do you even have like a personal story yourself of an encounter that you've had with anybody? Well. I think I want to talk about man in the moment at the minute, Erling Haaland, who creeps me out a bit. Uh, <laughs> he is just a bit scary. creepy yeah. with the big head. Yeah, it's yeah. a slip back. It's the no eyebrows. It's the scary face. Uh, and also, I have a story. Now, I'm not going to name names because it's a bit horrible, but it's funny. Back in the day, school football playing against Royal High, dirty scum, and they, uh, <laughs> they one of our players, not the best looking of lads. Uh, at the end of the game was it yourself no 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 no, <laughs> not me not me I, I was uh end of the game a bit sweaty but I, was, I wasn't getting slated but one of the other boys was he uh it was looked a wee bit like one of the guys from the goonies and uh on the pitch towards the end of the game with a handshake so a wee bit of a hey you guys <laughs> towards him and uh that's probably my favorite story that i've ever had on a football i'm, I'm glad you specified one because i was like is it sloth or is it going to be chunks <laughs> 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 oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, solid start, Tommy. Anybody come? Anything spring to mind? No one's springing immediately to mind. I don't think Haaland's that scary though. It's just he's that. Kinda, yeah, it's he's the head, gentle, man. He's quite a gentle giant. I feel like he doesn't really. Well, he didn't start fights no. or anything. Or uh, nah, fights. it's because he knows he'll win. He doesn't yeah. have to start. <laughs> um, that's true. Um, oh, Cal, you go first. I need to think. Oh, of, I need to think of throwing me, throwing me into the deep end. Um, oh, I'd probably say I know he's the uh, the manager of my team, but and Foster Cogbook is is a bit scary to me. So it's just him in his interviews. He's he's a scary man. Uh, but I think it's just that cold demeanor that he has. Yeah, it's just you know, the stare. He's he's quite an, he's quite an intelligent man. He articulates himself very yeah. very well. And yeah, that cold like a thousand yard stare yeah. is quite quite right. demoralizing. I could imagine a couple of the journalists who have been on the the raw end of his. Uh, his quips will kind of be feeling that, yeah. that as well. Yeah, but it's, uh, I actually do have a story about a scary experience I had. Um, it was a, a form. I won't. I won't name names, but a, a former Dundee player um, uh, was in my place of work, and um, was uh, a bit uh, quite quite scary with uh, what they were, uh, how they were behaving uh, <laughs> towards me. I won't name names, and I won't. Uh, in what kind of way were they just being like curt, or were they, you know, just being? Yeah, like, it was yeah. a and just a bit, just a bit just a bit drunk. Oh, uh, yeah. God. <laughs> but yeah, no names there. I don't know why, but if when Cal said it in his work, I just thought of like a bakery or something like that. I don't <laughs> know why. <laughs> so when he said drunk beer, I'm a bit shook. I don't know. I don't know why that's came to what came to my head, but yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I've got a couple of well, many many moons ago when I was a a little lad, maybe about your guys' age. Um, I was uh, 1985. Yeah, about that. <laughs> I was uh, I was in mascot for Livingston. 
And I don't know if you remember the former, uh, I think Dundee centre back Lee Wilkie. Yeah, is that mm. name? I remember being me, seven year old, looking up at this big, massive centre half, being absolutely terrified. Um, yeah, that's just from a random game in two thousand and three between Livingston and Dundee, um, which is probably the scariest moment for me. Another one that comes to mind for me is once uh, Livingston were playing Hibs away, and I was standing outside the Omni Centre, and uh, none other than London Dykes walked past, oh. and I was, you know, caught into my eyes. I was like, oh my god, it's London Dykes! I'm like frozen in fear to like speak to the the guy who'd gone and become such a legend. And then it also clicked to me. It's like it's half an hour from kickoff. Why is he here in the stadium? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. Oh no! And then suddenly that optimism that I had that we were going to go away and get you know like a decent result disappeared. Killed so off. I guess that's a different kind of fear there as well. Yeah. But before we move on, Tommy, did anything yeah. come to mind? Um, I'm probably just gonna go Diego Simeone just because yeah. he's absolutely oh. enough. And I don't know, there's something. What about Diego Costa being tamed by Diego Simeone? Is that an even scarier prospect? You know what? They kind of they kind of are similar. They kind of remind me of each other. Not just because they've got the same name. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their faces are just both like kind of like. Like the beady eyes. Yeah, yeah beady eyes. Yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. nothing behind those eyes. Yes. Yes. Evil. Simeone just so. reminds me of like a, like a Disney villain. Like yeah, a, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. proper Can't good... Yeah. Uh, Cross is the same, obviously. Yeah, great head butt weekend. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what a way to do it, eh? <laughs> Cla- it's classic Barclays from Diego Costa. That's, <laughs> like, that's what we come to see. Off before he scores a goal. Yeah, that's what we come to see. Yeah, I guess um, yeah, we kind of got some... I hope you're feeling a bit, you know, calmer, hopefully a bit more loosey-goosey. Yeah. I guess you kind of stay and can go on to talk about some of the weekend's action. And I guess, you know, we'll start off with... We'll, we'll start off at Ibrox with uh, Rangers, you know, winning 4-1 against Aberdeen. Obviously, Rangers have been through quite a torrid time as of late, you know, um, crashing out of the Champions League. You know, they're on course to be um, the worst team in Champions League history, which is to four non-Rangers fans is great to be honest <laughs> with you um, Cal Muldoon sitting there as a Celtic fan absolutely buzzing with that but 4-1 win against uh, Aberdeen at the weekend there could have been a much more uh, trickier affair for them uh, Kyle I'll come to you is this is this a result that's going to take a lot of pressure off of the back of Rangers or is there still going to be a similar element I think there's a similar element I think Gio was in trouble at the weekend if he didn't get a win I think that probably would have been his last game he came out, got the 4-1, thankfully, probably gave him another week. I think the Champions League this week um, doesn't make a difference. It probably doesn't uh, actually impact how he does because they know who they're playing, they know what they're up against, so they can't really do anything about it. I think he could be in trouble over the next few weeks. Depending, It's not even just about results, it's performance as well. Their football's actually been horrendous to watch as well, and you're not sure where they're going to get a goal from. Morelos coming back into the affair as well against Napoli. He just looked like he was well out of it. Just so really, unfit. yeah, he yeah. was just completely gone, unfit. So I think the pressure is still going to be on, despite a four-one win. Aberdeen obviously having a decent season as well. It looks good, but I don't think it's released any pressure on anyone. Watching the game, um, obviously they went down and um, conceded quite early on. Um, but you know, following that goal, it did seem to kick them on quite a bit more. And I think watching them last week against us, uh, Ibrox. Um, they really lacked that kind of creativity. And I think for at least that kind of perspective, I think for Rangers fans, the biggest issue was, you know, that the pressure was coming from the fact that the performances weren't good as well. I think in that kind of game against Aberdeen there, that they were they were actually playing some decent football at it as well. It wasn't like the game against Dundee where, you know, it was a turgid 1-0. It wasn't against like the game against Livingston where there was like 73 aimless crosses yeah. going into the box. We're coming to you for this one, Tommy. So they're playing Aberdeen. Aberdeen kind of set up a bit offensively there, and that's showed through that early goal. Do you think that that kind of game is something that would suit Rangers in this kind of rut, a team who's going to come out against them and leave those spaces that they could exploit? Yeah, well, that's pretty much exactly what happened because Aberdeen go 1-0 up. You know, I'm, I'm, I was going into this game thinking Aberdeen have a good chance of getting a result. Um, you know, they were in decent form heading into it. Uh, they are inconsistent, Aberdeen, but... Obviously, Rangers have been just playing absolutely terribly, so I was like, this is a good opportunity for Aberdeen. Go 1-0 up, and they don't have another shot on target for the rest of the game. Rangers <laughs> just kind of control proceedings. Aberdeen couldn't get near them. They were like, it was always like every Rangers player had the ball, had yards of space. And yeah, after the goal, they really just didn't threaten at all. Um, kind of must have played into Rangers' hands, really. Uh, set up in a back three, Aberdeen. Uh, Liam Scales, probably, yeah, he had probably the worst Aberdeen player there. Um, not saying it's his fault, but he was kind of exposed I think it's exactly what you're saying. Liam Scales, <laughs> if you're listening, this is all, that's on you. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rangers, it was actually a very dominant performance. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they had 36 shots, uh, which is 
ridiculous. Um, so yeah, disappointed by Aberdeen. Uh, going into the game, we probably could have played a lot better, but uh, it was actually a good performance by Rangers. Yeah, and also Callum. So obviously we kind of th- touched on that a wee bit there that maybe this game against one of the top sides who. Well, one of the better sides who's maybe going to attack a wee bit more. Next weekend, we go away to St Johnston, which you can imagine what kind of affair that's going to be. Um, St Johnston are probably going to, you know, sit back and, you know, allow a lot of the pressure to come on them. Is the expectancy, you know, should Rangers, you know, be looking again to, you know, continue improving because of the way that they've struggled against those teams who, you know, carry out that low block is going to be apparent there? And will this Sunday, this game against St Johnston be more telling than that one against Aberdeen? Yeah, as well, St Johnston, you know, they're they can be a hard team to play, and um, but I think Rangers just need to they really need to just find that consistency going forward, and I think that second half really is uh really does highlight that they can can do it. Uh, I believe if they take they use their creative players like like Malik Tillman, um, they can really create better chances than what they were doing because in games like against Livingston, Livingston will try and drive you into putting in a wild cross, but. With um, they just I think they need to play more through the middle. That like that's what Celtic did against Livingston this week. Uh, this weekend, um, they uh, they went they used their mid uh, their central players to create ch- uh, chances. And I do believe that Rangers do have the chance to um, to find their form again if they just really think uh, like stop and really think about how to um use the players that they've got because they do have a good squad like um. Uh, they did make some good signings, but it's just uh, I think they've just been lacking confidence, like from their Champions League defeats, and are really just needing that kick in the right direction. Do you guys think a lot of the pressure will come off once the European campaigns finally came to an end? Because you know they have been on the bare end of you know some absolute hammerings. Suddenly, you know, when those games kind of are long in the memory of them following the World Cup and whatnot, you'll probably see Rangers going a run where they're unbeaten for a long time. Is that going to maybe trick them into a false sense of security that they don't need that sort of recruitment and that you know seems so apparent right now? Or I think they'll still need the recruitment. I think putting it back in the memory will be a good thing for them. I think they will kick on because obviously after the World Cup, you'll probably see they could go on a run unbeaten until they face Celtic. Probably mm-hmm. it's very doable. But I think they all know there's problems there. They need to move Morelos on. They need to get a few legs in up front. They need some defenders, obviously John Suters came in and actually not made an impact also with injuries and personal issues and things. James Tavernier doesn't look what he once was either. Yeah. I think they, they know Ryan Kent is going to be on his way out as well. So they, they know there's problems, I think, even with the European campaign over and once the World Cup's finished as well. I don't think it's going Obviously, their business the last few years has actually been pretty poor compared to Celtics, but I think they know if they want to stay in punching distance of Celtic, they have to make changes. And I don't think putting anything in the memory is going to change that. They'll know that there's things that need to be done in January, but most importantly in the summer, they need to really really have a wee sort of ransack of the team and get some new bodies in. I think that's what the interesting part of it is, is that everybody's talking about Rangers being, you know, kind of like so poor in that this season. I think they're only like, what, four or five points, four points behind? Off, four po- yeah, yeah, four points behind. And especially if you look at it that way, as you know, you're expecting Celtic and Rangers to beat um, every other team in the league. There's three more old firm games to go this season. Yeah. If you win all three of them, how much of a massive difference is that? Yeah, make? it could win the league. It really could. But it's just how who can stay up with injuries as well. I feel like Celtic, well, I don't feel, I know Celtic have a much deeper squad than Rangers do. If Rangers lose a fl- few players, you don't know who's going to be coming in and who can make that much of a difference. So the old firms are going to be massive this season. Yeah. I, I mean think that, uh, oh yeah, you go. I mean, no one talks about it because of obviously their poor performances recently and their European performances. But Geo's domestic form has actually been good since mm-hmm. he took over the job like he's only lost to Celtic since he took over the job I know you'd, you'd expect that as a Rangers manager but you know it I think it's just it's the it's manner the of the defeats yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm not I'm not um, I still think he's gonna he's gonna leave mm-hmm. he's gonna get sacked at some point uh, but when the European campaign's done and all they're doing is playing domestic games I don't know. They could maybe string a run. T- it's uh, not all doom and gloom. They're not. Yeah, no, they're no. not in a situation. I, d- I do believe that uh, the pressures of following up their European campaign from yeah. last season is gonna is gonna obviously impact like their mindset and the fans' views on the team if they struggle in it, which is a very difficult group. Yeah. With uh, like Ajax are a very solid team. Napoli are top of Serie A right now, and it's Liverpool. They weren't expected to get no, points. There's they no weren't expected. You can't get points in that. Group. And that's like, in in Europe, like it's. Uh, I think it is, you know, you just 
turn up to get experience and yeah. just hopefully that's, that's where the pressures of obviously supporting you know such a big team comes from though is because yeah. you know you're always so used to you know doing so well and all of that i think obviously being a part of the old firm yourself mm-hmm. you'll know what some what some sections of the support can be like exactly the end all be all is at your club mm-hmm. um, so seeing you know why why you can't compete against these teams will be hard for these people to to take and understand mm-hmm. in all honesty for you um, but yeah, things things could be a lot worse. But it is, you know, you're talking about those in like impossibly high standards. I mean, I think something like Rangers played, you know, nearly every single game possible last year, yeah. apart from the League Cup the final. Cup final, yeah. They made the final of the Scottish Cup. They made the final of Europa League. They obviously played every single league game in that as well. Long, grueling season and a very successful one at that. And it's going to be hard to you know follow that up. Um, one of the kind of things that we're just talking about there is you know that um, the difference between the players who can come in. Um, between Celtic and Rangers, and I think that was quite apparent this weekend. Obviously, Celtic would play Livingston in the Sunday game, um, and you look at that squad there. You know, I think they started the front three was Haksabanovic, uh, James Forrest, and Kyogo. They could make a triple substitution. They did make a triple substitution, and they ended up finishing the game with Jota, Jakimakis, and Abad as the front three. Mm-hmm. And Calm, ultimately, is that going to be the difference maker for Celtic this season? Where if there's a player out of form, we've kind of touched on the likes of Morelos and Tavernier not being like fully hitting it. Celtic are able to, you know, take anybody out. I mean, for example, James Forrest came back from the fold, scored three goals against uh, Hibs. Yep. Yes, it was, yeah. And then scored against Hearts the following week as well. Celtic, no, ma- no matter who goes into there, Celtic got a match winner in like every position, right? Exactly. Well, that's the thing. So, uh, Celtic... Ange Postecoglou has been trying to build a squad where every single you can basically put out two different teams and you would win it with both teams. Um, you look at well, they brought in um, Bernabe this uh, this summer to give cover to Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor is in phenomenal form. Um, is is Greg Taylor the early front runner for Player of the Year in the entire league? Oh, I think so. In the I whole really league, think so. In the whole league, mm-hmm. I re- I really think so. He's been absolutely phenomenal for Celtic. He's uh, he's kept Burnaby who's very talented very good like completely out of that squad like um Burnaby's now struggling for game time now because Greg Taylor's just been incredible and like looking at what like how Greg Taylor used to play uh like uh, like with like Neil Lennon and um and like how he's really come into his own and build built up his confidence and is able now and has much a much better ability to get forward compared to previous years he, it's. I think he's definitely in the running at least. Uh, so I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Obviously, we're still early in the season, but I think an early contender definitely. You'd have to say Greg Taylor. I know he's came on massively, <laughs> but, but I just can't see him winning Player of the Season. <laughs> I, 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 I think by the time the end it comes, I think the front runner will probably be Jota. He's already got five goals, five assists in the league, and obviously he's had a few injury problems mm-hmm. as well. He's not been in all the time. Give him time, and he builds up game time over and over each weekend I can't you, see it do you think else. though for the likes of a Jota though that see because he's having to compete in that kind of position um, with other players the rotation is going to be much more prevalent in there as well whereas it's like a left back's probably less likely to be rotated in that kind of but way that might go against you know, him you've seen yesterday even when he doesn't start a game he can still he still makes an impact um, mm-hmm. I mean that was some terrible defending yeah, oh. yeah it was honestly I mean being at, being at the game yesterday like I think to like to just to like speak about the game for a little bit. Everybody kind of like expects like Livingston to give a wee bit of a hard game to like the old firm and all that. And I think that's the most disappointing thing from like a Livingston fans' perspective is that we didn't do any of that. Um, mm-hmm. We lined up at a back five. I think that was maybe a wrong idea. We maybe should have had that extra body in the midfield because Kyogo was the only striker that he's had, and then everybody else was just kind of interchanging in front of them. We had five defenders essentially just watching one player, and our midfield got ran ragged. We never ever laid a glove on these. Um, which is, you know, every other game that we've played against, you, you would probably say that was mm-hmm. not been the case. Exactly. Um, well, that's the thing. That's uh, that's the curse of the spaghetti had over. <laughs> like, um, it was because uh, looking at the stats from yesterday, it was seventy five percent possession to Celtic. Um, it was like it was a dominant display, and uh, like like Andrew said, Celtic could have scored more. It was, um, but. I do, I do believe because I, I Livingston away is actually the game I fear the most every season. <laughs> it's like a horrible it, away. Day. It's a horrible, yeah. horrible away game because they're because uh, just that pitch like oh, the Martindale. Uh, I think I think we're going to need to have uh, energy sport 
uh, plastic pitch debate at some point. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Sean against all you number teams. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm telling you who's winning right now. It's us. Aye, the only reason you like the plastic pitch though is because you just play on it and you win on it. We all come to you and we lose every time. Like, it's just... I mean, Hearts beat us on it last year. Celtic are now two up. Have beat us twice, I think, in the first season we came uh, up. You beat us 5 0 at, at the Tony Massa. Exactly. Maybe, maybe we should have well. a podcast just looking back on that as well. But I don't <laughs> think we should. Really good. It's, uh, the, the plastic pitch can cause problems, but on a day where Celtic dominate is oh, played just, in their half, mm-hmm. then it yeah. actually does make a difference because it's just, just playing the ball. It doesn't actually mean. You l- you're now seeing, you know, like how Celtic are playing, you know, they're properly set up. These players, you know, I don't understand the thing with the pitch when people say you can't play on it. It's a flat surface and that. Mm-hmm. And these ball players, as they did yesterday, as they did the game 3-1 last season as well, you see what they can do with it. They make the spaces and they create plenty of chances. And, you know, Celtic are just, you know, a completely different level. You could see that, like, all day long. Um, likes of Aaron Moyne, uh, Hitati, and that just absolutely strolled it. Um, the only thing I, I would say as a positive for Livingston was that Joel Newbley still proved to be a bit of a threat. Um, I think Carter Vickers, you know, at some point it seemed as if Willie Collin was going to, you know, let him keep getting away with the short pulls and all of that, but, um, you know, he eventually got booked, but we never really capitalised on that, we never ever put anything towards him again, but, yeah, Celtic were just, you, there's some games you just have to hold your hands Different up and level. say that yeah. they were much yeah. better, um, you know, three goals, um, aye, a penalty decision as well. Any thoughts on that? Obviously, there's a couple of VAR decisions. I think that's going to be a common occurrence on this it podcast. It was the Jota cross. Cross. Yeah, Andrew Shinney. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, I don't know. It all just it's comes down to this handball. It's, it's the rule. It, it's not yeah. VAR. It's not a thing. It's just this yeah. rule. But yeah. for me, it's it's too close. His hand wasn't in a ridiculously on that mm. position. Yeah, it's been, has mm. to be it's been, it's been it, slammed it, at him from yeah. two yards. Yeah. There's nothing I do believe do. It, could, it could go either way. Like yeah. Like any, uh, I think that's part of the issue, the way, is yeah. that you'll see that thing, like Livingston will do that next week against somebody and it won't, won't happen or anything like that or you know something will happen in the Celtic game next week and the exact same incident yeah. and it won't and it's all about it's that there shouldn't, yeah. there shouldn't be a rule there shouldn't be a rule where we're sat here going oh it could go either way the rule yeah. should be the rule mm-hmm. and that gives a penalty exactly. and that's not a penalty yeah. that there should be there's a wee yeah. bit of amb- like you're sat there ambiguity you're like I'm not sure if that well, if that's close to like especially with the introduction of, bu- uh, of VAR yeah. like it should cut all this like should be yeah. shouldn't be because should it should be sticking to that rule like mm-hmm. if a referee doesn't see it well, VAR will, and that's how it is. There shouldn't be different rules for different games. Yeah. But it's not, it's not just in Scotland as well. No. We've had VAR yeah, in yeah. England now for other leagues in the Champions League, and we still watch it and go, what's going on? So yeah. it's not it's not just Scotland. There's problems with the actual rule, and it really needs looked over because yeah. it makes no sense to me how you can give something two yards away, slam the ball in your hands. It's not out here. It's tucked in at your side. It's a wee, it's natural position. It's, mm-hmm. for me, not a penalty. And obviously in the Celtic game just there as well, welcomed a jot back to the Celtic squad. Obviously, probably could have done with him in the last couple of weeks, especially with those Champions League games. How massive is it to have him back now? Oh, it's 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 huge. I think he would have made such a big difference in that Shakhtar game. Um, he was. It's we just really need his presence, like his skill, uh, because he brings he brings confidence to that side. He brings like proper life into it. Uh, especially on that w- uh, on that left wing, he is uh, phenomenal. I think he he's one of the best like wingers I've seen at Celtic in a good long time. Like, How long do you stay for? I th- I hope for a while. Like he's one of those players that um, I don't know. It's I th- I do think maybe he might be moving on. Maybe not this uh, season, but maybe like January next or the window after. Um, but it's it's a definite like. It's definitely possible he could go. There'll be Premier soon. League clubs coming in. For oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, that's it. Like Matthew O'Reilly, I remember it was we signed it. We signed him in January, I think it was, mm-hmm. and there was already clubs trying to sign him in the summer. Like it was just like there's some players that are just too yeah. good. Like it wasn't just any clubs either. It was Man United, yeah. it was Liverpool that were yeah, coming yeah, in. Yeah, Arsenal looking at him as well. This as well, like they they're not going to sign someone from MC Dons. They're going to wait for Celtic. Go to Celtic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. get that yeah. development. It's in. like one Yama Van Dyke, and then they'll move to. Yeah, I guess in a way, I guess like you know. European campaign coming to an end maybe a blessing to this guys as well. You look at mm-hmm. Rangers last season, um, Calvin Bassey in all honesty only had essentially kind of like a good three, four months for Rangers off the back of the Europa League. Teams That's obviously see that. Mm-hmm. They spend 25 million on him. Um, Joe Rebo as well gets a big move off the back of the Europa League campaign. Um, perhaps, you know, going out of Europe early, there's not going to be He's not going to be on that stage that you know you can shine to that level. Well, that's say I'm kind of glad that Matthew O'Reilly had a massive stinker. Well, not a massive stinker, but had a bit of a stinker against um against Shakhtar. Same with um Hatati. Uh, those are the two that I do not want to see go anytime soon. And um, 
uh, with players like Kyogo as well. I don't. Th- I actually think Kyogo will be there for a good long time. Yeah, I, but I, th- yeah. I don't think he's, he's a wee bit older as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's twenty six, I think. 26, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Embarrassing. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, I think Kyogo is maybe one of those guys that might stick around a wee bit longer. I think Jota, O'Reilly, Hatati. Hatati didn't look out his depth in the Champions League. He mm-hmm. was probably Celtic's best player in each game in the Champions League, and he actually looked like a guy that could he, slot he does in. that. There's that. You used to have throw, throw in routine where you just throw it and he just volleys it straight away. Just pings it. He did that oh, in the game yesterday. It was, and I was against like, Real Madrid wow. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, did it, he did it in front it's of us. It's De Bruyne-esque. It's like just instantly. And it, the switch of play you get from it, it opens up a gap. And it's just like wee things like that just make him a level above the rest of the players on the pitch. And yeah. I think uh, he has got a, a chance of getting to a big, big club. I think he's got the, the possibility mm-hmm. of doing it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that we could kind of talk about the Celtic with Livingston game without you know going into too much detail. <laughs> uh, so we'll also be moving swiftly on. But is there any games in particular you guys want to talk about just straight up next? There's no kind of. Uh, uh, should probably talk about. I think the next game after that's probably Hibs three St Mirren now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a big game obviously Hibs St Mirren both battling for that thir- uh, third spot. Wolf St Mirren going for third. Well, I mean they were they were third. Of th- at the moment, they even after they've lost three 0 is that just early season pre- uh, season fifth, pre-seasons? But they are one point behind Hibs, the game in hand. I, but so I thought they were going to be in trouble this year, and they're not. Yeah, uh, no, they're, no, they're absolutely, absolutely soaring compared to what they should have been. In twenty twenty two, only Celtic and Rangers have picked up more points than St. Mary. No, that's right. not yeah. just this season. That's twenty twenty two. That's the whole year. So they've basically been doing it for. And that's for a through a managerial they've change they've as well. Third best team in the league for a calendar year. It's very, very ironic that Tony Fitzpatrick spent all that time at St. Mirren wanting them to be a top six club, and then the season after he leaves, there it looks as if they're probably yeah. going to do it. But I think, well, have you got the league table up just there? Because I think, uh, I think I we are know. something like eighth, and I think we're only something like three or four points from Hibs as well. Yeah, it's a very small um, gap at the minute yeah, in, the, in the middle. Anyone could be third next weekend, and yeah. then the weekend after. You know, mm. There's no way that St. Mirren and Hibs are like those spot on yeah, third place yeah. teams no, well, no, St. Mirren well yeah Hibs Aberdeen are in there Hearts yeah Hearts will be back yeah, yeah. yeah. well yeah. that's saying like, Hibs are sitting in third right now with 20 points uh, Aberdeen and St. Mirren, uh, Mirren are tied uh, on fourth with 19 and then Hearts are in sixth with 17 yeah, I mean, it goes all the way down to ninth where Livingston are on 16 points it's a matter of four points between ninth and third, yeah, it it, it could go anyway. It could go anyway. Yeah, yeah, there's there's no way about saying. But I think Hibs at the weekend. St. Mirren actually, I was at the game. St. Mirren didn't impress me at all. They'd had nothing to them. They were mm. sort of punting it, seeing what they could do. But Hibs played that back five where they've got the back three of Rocky, they've got Porteous, and they've got Hanlon. And if you're playing long balls up there, they've got both channels covered. They've got wing backs, and then they've got Rocky's physicality, who is coming a wee bit more into his mm. role at Hibs. You're not going to get through them like that. And they just kept possession back to Hibs and they were just letting Hibs come back at them. Is, that, is that maybe the idea was because you obviously know there's a mistake in Boy Rocky. Yeah. At times Porteous can have that well, as well. Lee Johnson said about him. Yeah. Oh, he it? said I wouldn't sell him for 10 million. That was his oh, statement like the other day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just wait for a 2 million bid to come out and then we'll <laughs> see yeah. what happens. Obviously <laughs> Hibs, <laughs> Hibs signed him by accident. Yeah. Hibs have been known at times oh, you know for being like a lack of like physicality and stuff like that yeah. where you know maybe the likes of a Curtis Main could um, you know, make the difference in there if he bullies like the Hibs defence. But yeah. in this instance, was it a, a, an unusual sign of Hibs being up to that kind of physical battle? Well, I, I was going to say at 0-0, uh, Curtis Main and Ayunga both had uh, two chances, two big saves from David Marshall. Mm. Uh, that just shows you what having a quality goalkeeper, ca- the difference yeah. it makes. Because Hibs were the better team in that game, but they could have been 2-0 down. Yeah. Because um, that, that would change the dynamic yeah. of it. If they get two early goals, then, and then they sit even further back and... I think the likes of Shaughnessy and Gallagher at the back and that would be able to, that yeah. would be more inclined for what they're kind of But you've got a quality goalkeeper do. and instead you win 3 0. Yeah, exactly. Keeps the score level. Uh, Martin Boyle went off injured. Worried uh, for the World Cup just coming yeah, up. Yeah, he's got the World Cup coming yeah, up. Yeah, it didn't I look good either. Yeah, I heard on Twitter he apparently said he was okay to somewhat, but it's, you know, it's yeah. people always say these things. like So uh, mm-hmm. we'll wait and see, but. Uh, a player I see is getting a wee bit of a uh, rave reviews is the striker. Is it Mykola Kuharevich? Yeah. Yes. I don't want to say his well, name. I, yeah. I, I've always said Kuharevich. Yeah. You know, some people say Kuharevich. I just call him yeah. Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some people say Mike's a good player. Mike's, uh, yeah. he, Mike's a good one. He done really well. Yeah. Actually, on the goal sheet yesterday. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah he he was. Oh, his goal was amazing. He was good well. at the weekend. Really good goal. It was a bit of a solo goal. He sort of yeah, he bodied the defender. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing as well. Like since Kevin Nisbet's been injured, I think Hibs have tried a couple of options up top. Obviously, Elias Melkerson's been in there. Um, the boy Harry McCurdy, who I think is in some <laughs> hot water at the moment as Yuan well. as well. Yeah, Yuan, Yuan as well. Yeah. Um, so they, you know, maybe this is what Hibs are kind of needing that wee bit more of a consistent uh, vocal point up front, and that will kind of change their way. And I mean, three 0 against St Mirren as well. Yeah. Um, with you know a player playing that, it will just breed even more confidence. But Tommy, obviously, as like a, a Hibs supporter, is it frustrating that you know? The last weekend there, you had a chance on like the biggest stage, you know, to further cement yourselves as that third place team, and you squander against St Johnston. Then you come out the following week with a performance like this against St Mirren. Yeah, I mean Lee Johnson was talking about it after the game. He was Hibs came into this game um, on the back of three straight defeats, mm-hmm. and before that they'd won four straight. So it's like, and that, that was kind of the criticism of Lee Johnson from like Sunderland fans and uh, uh, what's his name? So I've got the. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> the, the fans <laughs> of the teams he managed said, "Yeah, Lee Johnson's good, but his teams are always like quite streaky, like quite inconsistent." Um, so you won four, lost three. Now we get back to winning ways. Um, yeah, I mean, Hibs are just Hibs are gonna mess up. I think Hibs like, are just they're always Hibs. Yeah, they're always Hibs. They're just sold out crowd. Like they're gonna lose. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're gonna get a man sent off, and they're gonna lose. But. Uh, they're just no, such a, a they're fascinating side. Yeah. Like they're just you never know what's going to come from nah, them. Box of chocolates. You yeah. don't know what you're going to get so with them. Like, like, so they played they played Aberdeen, St Mirren, and St Johnston at home this season. Two of those sides are having you know better, much better seasons than last. Yeah. And they're the team. They're the two who they've taken. They've beat by I think three goals. I think the Aberdeen ones four mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Then St Johnston, they've somehow managed to lose two one. And I think that just perfectly encapsulates what you know Hibs are essentially just like at the moment yeah. because. Uh, making improvements though yeah compared i think when lee johnson came in there was actually a bit of worry that they weren't actually going to be that good because mm-hmm. they started off and it wasn't great and it wasn't they, looking need, like they need to stick with them as well yeah they've got because the flip-flopping of managers i think i think there's some mad stat that like every time at livingston have played hibs the last like four times it's been a different, different. manager at each yeah. at each game um, i think it was lee johnson maloney i think david gray might have been in charge for one of them and then yeah. jack ross's last game as well so yeah. it's like that's incredible to think of, um, but if Lee Johnson can you know, keep up like a semi-decent run of form, obviously losing three is not great. I think one of them was against Celtic as well, which I think you have to take with a little bit of pinch of salt. But then again, 6-1. 6-1, yeah, yeah, to be fair. And then you've got, uh, who was the striker who scored and turned it in? Like yeah, that was you and the guys. You're free to hold down, he scores, yeah, he's yeah. like shushing the fans I know, and that. I, know. Like, come I on, think son. most important though, Lee Johnson's actually got them playing decent football yeah. I think their football the last few years has actually been very poor where you feel like they're sort of grinding their way out trying to get a win whereas these days they take they take control and they play most of the game actually in the opposition it's obviously not against Celtic and Rangers and things but when they're playing against any other team they're sort of taking it into them in their own half and they're playing that high line and actually playing decent football with decent triangles and it's it's looking a lot better which is the first step for getting those results because the performances you can't just win by grinding it out with a decent defensive mm. performance they've actually playing decent football which is the first step and I think if you give him a, cu- a bit of time two three seasons they could be sort of trying to cement themselves in the third place I think with being one of the bigger teams as well in the country that um, I think Hearts also fall into this category is there's an expectancy to play a, play an attractive style of football yeah. as well like sometimes the results isn't good enough you're seeing that a couple of times where it's like oh yeah we're winning games or that but oh it's like it's awful to watch which don't really understand to be honest but there is large sections of the support who do that so maybe it's nicer to see the nice football though you (laughs) you don't want to just sort of win your games 1-0 defending and you've scored a header from a corner uh, yeah, if I you win, win disagree three, <laughs> <laughs> of course the Libby fan disagrees <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's your, per- oh, that's your perfect weekend sorry that's that was a rather win yeah. by absolutely <laughs> shit house in <laughs> that's your perfect weekend but for and us seeing everybody seething online afterwards for us cultured fans who support <laughs> the, the teams in Edinburgh I like to see I like to see Hearts playing good football and getting a getting a good win so well, well maybe one day Livingston can become the free-flowing attacking side that you have to change the, you have to change, you have to change the pitch you'll have oh, to change the pitch right. for that we're, we're definitely getting this <laughs> this yeah. classic pitch to be sorted um, Sean if you're listening I, I need you to back me up but also as Livingston play, uh, Livingston play Comark and El Plasco this weekend maybe this is the perfect time <laughs> El Plasco El this Plasco weekend bring we up, can yeah. have this debate fits perfectly there we go who knows but yeah I guess we'll move on to your team next then Kyle um, obviously a 2-1 victory away yeah. to Ross County um, again in a similar way you know quite a tough like, European campaign obviously they've won the two games against Riga there 
Um, signs are looking up though for Hearts. I think there was a wee bit of uh, murmurings of discontent because of slightly poor results, but they have to be taken with a pinch of salt because of the injuries. Yeah, and that. we we've struggled from the first week to be honest. Well, and obviously it's our first campaign in Europe for a long time as well. So we're playing those Thursdays, then you're on that Sunday, you're back on the Thursday again. And when we've got a squad that was just so thin every week, it just felt like there's an injury again, injury again. So it's good to get a win again. Obviously, John Souter left us in the summer. Craig Halkett got injured straight away. New boy, Kai, Kai Rowles, he was gone again instantly. And then all of a sudden, you're playing a back three or a back four either way, and your centre-backs are a left-back and a 20-year-old. And it's it's not good enough to win those games. And I think you were get, people were getting a bit worried about them. Nielsen was maybe, he probably still is in a bit of, bit of trouble. He's maybe got to pick it up a wee bit. But I think he still deserves a bit of time just for what he'd done last year as well. But it was good to get a win, get three points, especially after a good performance on Thursday as well. So it's looking up. We're, get, we're getting there and we'll get more bodies back. And the World Cup's going to be the best thing for us because we get a month where we can get guys back in get more time on the training pitch and then by the time sort of Christmas is finished and we're back into the flow of things, hopefully we'll have a sort of full strength squad and we've got that team back. I think the thing as well you're seeing is a couple of the players are, you know, starting to step up now. Warren Shanklin being one of them, yeah. you know, a good mm. couple of goals in the last couple of weeks. Toby Civic has taken his opportunity as well and he's seeming to change uh, the opinions of some Hearts fans as well. Obviously Snodgrass has came in and added a wee bit more culture. Is that pleasing to see as well that, you know, these opportunities don't always come around for these kind of squad players. Well, I'm, I'm not going to call Shanklin that squad player. Yeah. Likes, likes a Civic in that who can you know step up and make the most of that. Absolutely. I think with Toby Civic as well, obviously he was on loan at us just before COVID came. And uh, I remember watching him then and thought, oh, he's a very, very decent player for his age as well. He has all the attributes to be a good defender. He's got his height, he's got pace, good strength in him. And he's got that sort of natural defending ability. He looks great. And he first came back to us also on the, on the full transfer. I thought he looked a wee bit dodgy not reliable you didn't want to play him in a sort of back four and him being one of the two center backs i didn't really trust him to do that and he got a bit of time out it because because he to be honest he wasn't performing to his levels but on thursday there obviously if you if you had seen it he was unbelievable man in the match performance coming back into i think he just needs a bit of confidence He's a young guy who was probably starting off his professional career and then covid kicked in probably derailed him a bit didn't get much time so he's got the potential to be a really good player and seeing him come in and actually make a difference is good Snodgrass also I, I think it's a very good signing just for him in terms of experience as well and obviously Shankland was probably the main signing in our summer because we needed a striker to get goals but I think we're missing Liam Boyce things like that there's so many players we are missing but it's nice to see Shankland getting some goals again Sibic coming in making a difference and yeah we're, we're not far away I don't think it's not as drastic as people say I think third place is probably by the time the World Cup's finished, I think we're probably the most likely team to get third. Well, th that's what Nielsen said after the game. He was, the plan is to stay within touching distance of third yeah. until the World Cup. Mm. Wait for the World Cup, um, get players back. Full squad. Yeah, I, I think we're probably. I, I think we've got the third best squad in the league, and I think mm. if we're in form, I think we are probably the third best team. I, I think third is definitely, definitely there for us. I just think we need to get the squad back together. So I'm, I'm not worried. I think we're we're doing all right, picking up points here and there. Yeah, once that European schedule's gone as well, things yeah. will just kind of like flow back into it. And yeah, mm. these would be the kind of odds on for that third place. Um, but again, you know, any stranger things have happened in the league. Who of knows what could happen? Yeah. Um, you know, January will be massive for teams. We'll see who brings in and who can manage to keep a hold of players as well. But yeah, I think um, for them it will be, uh, Hearts will be fine. Uh, for Ross County as well, you know, it's another another loss for them. I think it sees them, you know, at the bottom of the table now. I think it is only by goal difference. Mm -hmm. um, should they be starting to get worried, do you think? I think, yeah. Pr they should. Well, if you're bottom, of course, you're going to be worried. But I, th I think... I don't think they deserve to be bottom. They're it's uh, I think they they do have like the capability to get off the bottom there, but it, it's they are just lacking that attacking option. I think but uh, January is going to be a very key window for them. Uh, they'll need to find someone that can really uh, lead that attack because uh, it seems they don't really have a a prolific the, goal scorer. They're relying on loan players is always mm -hmm. like a risky thing, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, some seasons you have uh, Joseph Ungbo who comes up and, you know, hits the ground running and then sometimes you have, you know, I think the boy is, uh, oh, I can't remember his name, is, is it Awira Phillips? Um, oh, oh playing for them. Mm -hmm. Edwards, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, been playing well, but, you know, that lack of numbers, especially when you've lost Reagan Charles Cook and Hungbo who have contributed, you know, about 15 plus goals last season. Mm -hmm. Those goals are very much noticeably now, where now they're sitting bottom of the league because of that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, January will be massive if they can bring in anybody else like to swap that up or that. 
um, another team who are going to need a big massive January. Maybe, well, I'm not too sure actually. Is um, Dundee United obviously they were defeated one 0 off of Motherwell at the weekend there. Or Dundee United just a strange side this season. I think it was oh. some, uh, in the summer transfer window they brought in Stephen Fletcher, brought on guys like Dylan Levitt on a permanent, Craig Civil. Um, is it such a massive surprise that they're at the bottom of the league right now? Oh, 100%. I thought Dundee United had one of the best windows uh, in the league. Mm. Um, like, like bring in Levitt, I did believe, was one of the best like, young signings that they could probably make. Uh, a fantastic like um, uh, prospect. Like, you know, he, he was in the Manchester United Academy and then bringing him in for like, a, quite a, a decent fee. Um, but I, th- I did believe he would make, uh, like, make ripples in that Dundee United squad, but just looking at them now it's just they just look so tame and there's nothing special about that squad and i thought stephen fletcher would bring that experience uh, but there's just been nothing really exciting about them mm-hmm. um so yeah and i don't think i think they've been a massive surprise and a big disappointing one i think i do believe that the defeat to uh az alkmaar definitely did it seems to have just completely yeah. knocked drained the confidence yeah. Yeah. did anyone see stephen fletcher's overhead kick no, I didn't. No. Oh, he almost scored an absolute yeah. terrible over uh-huh. Yeah, like uh, the start of the game as well. But um, yeah, you'll have a sore leg for like about a week <laughs> now. Uh, <laughs> uh, this was well, this is quite an even game. It could have gone either way. Um, I don't think. I think I. I think both sides like are very much very similar. Yeah. Them, mm-hmm. they've both got you know kind of big strikers up front and Van Veen and Fletcher. Um, they're both relatively solid. I don't think either of them are too spectacular. Both got young managers now as well, which. You know, we were talking about this on the podcast last week that that may be something that drags them into a wee bit more of a more uncomfortable season is that they've got managers who have a little bit m- uh, less know-how. Dundee United, for example, Liam Fox has only ever managed Crowden Beef before. Yeah. Uh, he was assistant manager at Davy Martin Dale at Levy as well as uh, Tam Courts before he went to Dundee. Oh, d- yeah, he went to... Where did Tam Courts go to? Belgium? He went uh, to... Yeah. He's gone from there uh, now. Yeah, he's yeah. left as well. Um, but you know, you're obviously talking about the squad. Um, they've entrusted it to this guy who, you know, hasn't had a great, well, hasn't had a, a proven managerial record. Yeah. Is that the right decision? Do you think for a team who is trying to get themselves out of a rut like this? I think it's probably best to stick to the basics at the minute. Mm. The, obviously, they're in a bit. But could they have done with like getting in a a more established name who would, you know give the club that lift from straight away it also gives the fans like a big massive yeah, boost I think that makes a difference because I think we're trying to well a new manager coming in like that where you've not got an idea of how the football's actually going to be mm. and you've not got a lot of confidence in what they're actually going to do it maybe unsettles the fans probably unsettles the players a bit to be honest as well not having that sort of figurehead coming in and knowing what you're going to get mm. it's kind of just one of those things where you're not really sure what's going to happen and then it sort of plays out and you're watching it going how good is this, really? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think with the, the squad that Dundee United have as well, and I don't know. It, it's just not looking great at the minute. I don't think they have to worry about relegation. Yeah. I don't think so, but oh, I could be proven wrong. Really, Tam Courts went to Hungary. 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 Yeah. I know he was linked to going to Croatia. I think it was to Riga. Riga. Um, yeah. Oh, that would have been fun. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That would have been an intre- yeah. interesting move. But, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a weird move. Yeah, too. I suppose the big talking point from that, from the Dundee United game, as to Tony Watt red card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's like obviously for Dundee United right now, it will seem as if like everything that could possibly go wrong is going wrong, and is this VAR decision, you know, encapsulating that? Uh, yeah, I mean, are you going to try and say this is a red card, Tony? No, well, <laughs> I mean, listen, it's the reaction to it has been like, oh, I can't believe that's right. Like, I think the reaction to it's been a bit over the top. I can see why. It was given, hmm. especially when you see the other angles. Um, I don't think it's a red card. I think it's probably a yellow. Yeah, but yeah. Can't, I, I, I agree. can't give yellows. I, I don't think it's a red. Exactly. I don't think it's a red. I think that's what the confusing part of it is. Is it's like it's really not that reckless a challenge. He's a bit high. You can see him pulling out. You can see the conscious effort to get out. Yes, he makes contact, but there's got to be there's got to be nuance to this. It's not as if he's went flying into it. You can see the yeah. the kind of challenge that it is. I think this is. Do you think this is kind of a part of an issue with VAR is when they don't show it in real time? See if he slows something down into like proper slow motion. It's obviously going to make it look more intentional or, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, purposeful than it would. Liam Fox is was angry after the game. He was saying that he was watching the referee at the monitor and Mm -hmm. the referee was only getting a few angles of it, and then he's obviously like getting shown other angles uh, from his. from other people and he's, he's wondering why 
why is the referee not being shown all the angles? Yeah, the correct decision. But yeah, because yeah. you can you can take a screenshot of any yeah, yeah, challenge and it yeah. can look bad. They should play it in real time yeah. two times and then in slow motion. Mm-hmm. I think and then they spill in it or something. But one of the problems with VAR just now in Scotland as well is it's brand new, mm. and I think the referees will have sort of in the head of sort of using it to make it look like it's worthy. I think it, there's something to it, man. I, I don't I don't <laughs> think there's just so many decisions you're seeing and it's like is that with the handball at Livy again it's there's decisions being made obviously the the rules a bit up in there about what the actual rule is that people are, I don't really know the rules anymore I don't know if the referees know the rules anymore with that sort of stuff yeah, I think keep on changing they keep changing and I feel like the referees want to make use of VAR to make it look like it's making a difference so they've used the screen they've went oh that's a red card well, you, and I think you have that challenge in a couple of months time that if you have that exact same challenge we've had VAR for a while I don't think you'll send them off I think mm. it's the it's the new technology and sort of it's like getting a new PlayStation. You want to use it, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You want to pl- you want to play with it and actually make use of it. But I don't I don't for me there's just so I, I don't like VAR at all. It's here to stay, so we better start oh, getting it right. As somebody two weeks into VAR in Scottish football, we've had a man sent off at Ibrox and a penalty given against us against Celtic. Yeah, I want that wee TV booted into that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just got problems. Just to see it on Dundee United, uh, I was talking about how important it is for Hibs to have a good goalkeeper. Uh, Dundee United don't. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. very uh-huh. true. The boy Berigiti at the start of the season, yeah, hopefuless. And yeah, then this is his first start against us August, I'm not sure. Oh, is he back in the team now? Yeah, he, he oh, played. Dear. And uh, should have saved their goal. So he kind of hammed it up and it just looped over behind him. He didn't keep it out. He just kicked it if, if only there was a Scotland uh, call-up who was going as a free agent for ages in the summer transfer window who Dundee United could have probably easily convinced to get them with a decent transfer. Yeah. Um, but they dilly-dallied and now he's playing. Well, I was say he's playing. He's now sitting on the bench at Hearts so he's going to end up being, you know, maybe the number one in like two years' time or that. But, mm. yeah, that, that decision just seems mental. Yeah. From, from y- the, you uh, need a good keeper to get anywhere. You really do. They, they make such a difference, so... They're not back, d- it makes the whole back line nervous as well. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're they're exactly. They, they could be in trouble. I don't think they're going to be fighting they're relegation. Bottom, they're, bottom, they're completely level with Ross County. They both have minus 15 goal difference, I think. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, it's the, it's the defensive side. I, as I say, I think they'll be you okay. You take that so. Celtic game out of it as well, and it paints a wee bit of a different picture. But yeah. I guess if you're not scoring goals, like your Tony Watson, Fletcher's that aren't necessarily hitting the ground running either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like Ross County struggled to score goals as well. Seven goals they scored, I think, this season. Yeah, mm-hmm. so which is strange though, because Ross County first game of the season was against us at Dencastle, mm-hmm. and I watched them. The first thing I said when I walked out is they won't struggle this season, mm-hmm. and here we are, uh, November tomorrow. They're really struggling. Yeah, they're jinxing them a bit. I, I watched <laughs> them and thought, bloody hell, they caused us some problems. But uh, honestly, they, they they could be in trouble, Ross County, mm-hmm. yeah. really. But yeah, and one other game in the league, um, a one 0 St Johnston and Kilmarnock, uh, an early goal in the fourth minute must have led to you know a pretty dire affair. I'm not going to pretend <laughs> as if I nah, yeah, know about well, 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 it. Yeah, yeah. We've got stats, man. We've got stats, man. Here we've got right. On you go then, Tommy. On you go. Oh, just because. Well, Stevie may hit the gritty again. Seems like he's hitting the gritty. Is this the best celebration in Scottish football? At least twice a week these days. Yeah, fair play. It was an own goal actually, so yeah, take the gritty back. Reverse gritty. Yeah, but I was just going to say. Um, we're obviously talking about VAR. VAR done well in this game. Yeah. Yeah, because mm. James Brown got sent off uh, by the referee. And he was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, James Brown even was like, yeah, he wasn't complaining at all. Uh, they looked at it again in the monitor. Uh, down below they looked at a yellow. And it was the right decision because I hate red lights. Was I it supposed yeah. to be a straight red like? Or you gave him a straight red. You gave him a straight red. Yeah. But was it just like a normal kind I of mean, challenge? It wasn't, it wa- I think the referee thought he was higher than he was. It was okay. so much more like forceful than the Tony Watts challenge, for example. Uh-huh. But... Do you think this is going to be a part of an issue with the VAR as well then? Because obviously you just praised the use of it. Yeah. The ones that are going to make the headlines are going to be the ones that are the it's bad decisions. Oh, no you're not going to hear about, about every other. Well, yeah. Yeah. Was, um, it, was it a worse challenge than Tony Watts? It was more forceful. Like he, he went in into his a- ankle with his studs, but it wasn't high. It wasn't like a leg break or all. It's like a different kind of challenge, yeah. but yeah, would you say there was more? Ki- yeah, it was yeah. a wee bit more. Um, there's, there's more risk of an injury on that challenge. I mean, maybe, but there could have. You don't know. Well, if it's the thing up into the ankle, then yeah. Watch thing. The I can't remember who the player was. Was it uh, Sean Goss? Uh, yes. I think it was Sean Goss. Yeah. Yeah. His foot wasn't planted, so it's hard to tell. Yeah, it was up in. It was whether he would have got. Th- that, that's my problem with VR, though. Stuff like that, mm. where you've got 
a challenge and they've went, oh, that's brilliant, and take that into a yellow. You see Tony Watts when you go, that's a yellow card, and they give you a red, and you check for it, and it's still a red. It's like, mm-hmm. I hate I hate debating about decisions like that. I want to talk about the football, but... That's kind of awkward, actually. Uh, VAR has a stinker in this game at the end. He's rolled that one down. It's an absolute heel turn in Tommy's notes just there. VAR's great. Ruined the whole game. Yeah, Kilmarnock equalised at the end. And to be fair, the referee gave it as a foul, but then VAR also confirmed it was a foul. Like He blew his whistle after the goal went in, so if VAR wanted to give the goal, he could have. I don't know who it is, but someone comes up to Stevie May and pokes him in the back. Stevie May falls oh, to the ground <laughs> and they score from the corner and it's disallowed. It's unreal. Uh, Derek McInnes wasn't very happy about it and rightfully so. Kilmarnock should have got a point from that game, but um, yeah, mixed messages on VAR yeah. here. I'm sorry. Yeah, but that's it. I don't know because well, that's thing because if VAR disallows a goal, obviously there's going to be a bit unless it's like clearly like obvious. But if like something like that, obviously yeah, I mean wh- people are going to see it as a sti- like a bit yeah. of a. See VAR is a bit of a stinker there, but like, I don't know. It's um, I do I do believe it. It will come good in the future, like just in in football in general. Like just um, it will one day. Like it's it's absolute piss right now. <laughs> like, we should we should have brought it in until it was good. Why are we just accepting it to be shit? No, but it, but that's saying it just needs those rule changes. And yeah, they should have brought it in now. Yeah. But like, it, I do think it will one day. Like it will actually just be like the saving grace. Yeah, like, half the, the people think it's good, ha- other half think it's rubbish. You know what I mean? I don't think you can ever please everyone because one minute people say we want consistency, yeah. the next minute people say, "Oh, well, that's offside by the toe." Like, but yeah. that is but it's still offside. It's offside. Yeah. So you revert back to it, and then you can't go on Twitter and Ross complain about mm-hmm. human errors. Oh, against yeah, against us, was, yeah, yeah. Goal, but his, I think his toe was offside, so it's been disallowed. But that's you know people complain about that, but they'll complain about. I don't think the offside bugs me anymore. I think because offside's offside, I've kind of yeah, accepted that. It's, it's the fouls and it's the handballs for mm, goals yeah. or handballs for penalties. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's those wee things where you can have a debate. They're getting debated too much. With the offside, you go, well, okay, it was it was his pinky uh, that was offside, but it was offside. You can just say, yeah, that that's fine. But with the fouls and the handballs, yeah. it's a bit more be, subjective. Yeah, I'm sat here going, that's not that. Something could be in it. With football, that sh- there should just be that's the decision. That's the rule. Fair enough. But. I think we're a long way away from that being being the case. Yeah, and you know, hopefully those kind of teething issues will disappear and bring it in after you know the first kind of round of fixtures is pretty silly, but you know, regurgitating got to deal with it. Yeah, Scotland for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really we're really used days. to it. We're used to it. Um, hopefully, you know, the World Cup will won't be kind of like spared of you know too many kind of controversial decisions like that. But um, I'm know. sure it won't. Well, they've <laughs> got their, they've, they've got, got some like special tech in the balls. Yeah, they've got the offside oh, really? technology. Yeah. It's, the, it's their new thing they're using. It looks ridiculous. You've got this big line and <laughs> these <laughs> people and their toe and it just it's like these like chip plate in the balls. No, these ones. All these like billion pound stadiums as well. I'm hoping like holograms like play up on the screen as like the same thing yeah. in real life. Like, that, that would be really cool. That's another problem with it in Scotland. There's some most of the teams don't have screens. Nobody knows what's oh, happening. Yeah. It's oh, we had, so like at the game yesterday, like the Livingston announcer had to the basically l- just announce about VAR check. The Livia announcer... The living announcer doesn't know what day it is. He's about a hundred <laughs> days behind with subs and stuff. Do you know what I mean? There's just so many issues with it. There's just it's just Livingston. It's just, I, I know. So there's a new one, and uh, there's a new guy who's done it, and he's he's quite cheesy. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um. And see see how like football fans come up with like nicknames for like players and stuff like that. Yeah. And this is re- this is really embarrassing for the club. So we're this is against <laughs> this is against Ross County. Keep in mind that we're one 0 down against Ross County, bottom of the league, Ross County. And the as every home team does, there's a man of the match thing, and the yeah. sponsor gets to pick that and that. On that day, the man of the match was Jason Holt, and announcing this, the new Livingston announcer, uh, today's uh, whoever the sponsor person was, their man of the match is number eighteen, the muscle brother Javi. Oh. <laughs> didn't didn't say the name Jason Holt. And then like. 1-0 down to Ross County, ended up losing it, and it was just like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just like, so, so, so embarrassing. Yeah, that's, I don't, I don't like that. Not even nah. if you're winning, I don't well, like that. Is. I think, I think that. another one was Andrew Shinney came on. It was number t- coming on for obviously number 22, Shinny Esther. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Right I'm, glad, the whole team I'm glad. Yeah. 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 Oh, exactly. Like, just saying that, like, what, like, I wobble and that, like, the dumb three yeah. save. <laughs> the dumb three <laughs> <laughs> 
later a complaint for that one. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's well, got to go. As, as neutral people, I'm glad that you see that. that yeah, that's I didn't know if I was maybe being overly cynical. Got to get scrapped. Got uh, to get scrapped. That's, that's horrific. That, I guess that kind of wraps up most of the, the action just there. I'm, I'm going to spring something on you just to test uh, your knowledge of football. We're going to oh. have a, a wee bit of a round-robin uh, <laughs> quiz here. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So we're going to have a category, and then we'll go round in a circle, and you just have to basically name somebody who fits into this category. To do with the Scottish Premiership season so far, oh. I'm looking for players who have scored three or more goals this season so far. There's quite a good number of them, yeah. so I'm expecting what? a couple right. of rotations. So Are you involved in this as well, Malcolm? Well, I've got the answers here. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want, if you want, if you want me to oh, win, don't then don't sure. Don't take, don't take the um, but I feel like I feel like I should. We should get a couple of rotations at least from this. So, okay, obviously you're the first one to my left. I'll get you to get the ball rolling. Lauren Shankland. Lauren Shankland, eight goals this season, second top goal scorer, perfect. Uh, Kyogo. Kyogo, first top goal scorer, eight goals scored as well, well, joint. Uh, Shankland has got one more assist than him, so he's ahead of him just there. Uh, Miofsky. Miofsky is the third player in eight goals, so <laughs> congratulations <laughs> on getting all of those ones. Uh, yeah, back to you, Kyle. Uh, I'll go for Jota. Jota, he has five goals, five assists, very good start for him. I'm going to go for Cholak. Cholak, top goal scorer, 11 goals, zero assists, surprisingly. Um, I guess to be fair, yeah, he's just an absolute he finishes, yeah. box in the box, isn't he? Uh, Callendon? Uh I'm gonna go with uh, Van der Veen. Van Veen, yeah, you've got like the top five like instantly, so fair play to you. Um, seven goals for him, no assists as well. Yakamakis. Yakamakis, six goals, no assists. A very constipated look on Tony's face. Abada. Abada, you've genuinely got. The first ones in order, so this is, this is going to be interesting now that we're going to get to the. I think we're going to start struggling now. <laughs> yeah, Paul. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to go for. Oh. How many Morelos scores? Oh. Morelos has. Three goals. Oh! <laughs> Three goals, one assist. That goal against Aberdeen proving very vital there for you. Back to you, Kyle. Angus, I have two goals that I know he's scored, and I'm not sure if he has more. Martin Boyle. Martin Boyle has five goals. Yes. That's surprising. I know, I can't remember <laughs> all five. Probably a couple of penalties in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the penalty weekend there. Well. Hit Hearts the last minute, yeah. Um, I wouldn't have thought so. I think Angus's face tells us there is somebody. Oh, there is. <laughs> I don't know. Is there? Should be a double block. Oh, no, I don't know if I want to risk it. Um. Oh, James Forrest. James Forrest. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Four goals. Obviously, mentioned him with the hat trick and uh, his goal against Hearts earlier in the episode. But yeah, yep, James Forrest is in there. Uh, how many's Tony Watt? Ooh. Tony Watt has three as well. Jesus, how many left have we not guessed? We yeah, got one, we two, be. three. There's twelve more. Twelve oh, wow. more. There's oh, no way we're getting no. twelve. Uh, Angus, I'm gonna. Oh. Go for your guys. Can I go for Joel Nubley, please? Joel Nubley does indeed have three goals, yes. two against Rangers, and one against Hibs. Yes. I'm going to go Duke from Aberdeen. Duke, yep, five goals, two assists. Yeah, he's well. a player, by the way. Yeah, yeah, Very good player. Oh, um, can he do it again? Tavernier? Tavernier, four goals, five assists. Yes. Has he been that good this season, has he, actually? Um, We're now getting to... This will really test like the knowledge of Scottish. It's just like the scum of the air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take a shot. I think I'm off. Can I go for Alan Forrest, please? Alan Forrest has three goals this oh! season. Yeah. Opening day against Ross County yeah. and then two against Mungerwell. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Three goals. I'm struggling now. I really yeah. am. Yeah. I'm, yeah. If Alan, uh, if you're listening, I miss you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Alan, I love you. <laughs> Ideas? No, no, no. The pressure's building. No, 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 not out of ideas. I'm just thinking. <laughs> as a as an audio platform, this isn't great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just just <laughs> filling the silence here. Some music, some <laughs> <elevators>. <laughs> 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 uh, Oh god, right pressure. 
no. I think it's going to have to be a timer introduced. Yeah, 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 so yeah, 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 Leighton Clarkson, has he scored three? I, he scored two, at least. He's also three, has he? Leighton Clarkson has two goals. Oh! oh. Yeah, I thought he had two. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, for, oh. so potentially for the win for Kyle, if Kyle Muldoon cannot right. get an answer I'm here. actually going to get a bit risky here. I th- I'm thinking, okay... I remember he scored like a couple of weeks ago, and I know he. I'm gonna go for because if own goal, I'm gonna say own goals count. No, no, no. I know it doesn't, but Ash Taylor. I have a feeling like he's only gonna done it again. No Ash Taylor has three goals this season for Kilmarnock. Jesus oh. Christ. I think uh, yeah. I think every single team apart from one has a player who has scored at least three, and yeah, Nash Taylor is that one for Kilmarnock. <laughs> oh, uh, no, actually, ooh, maybe that's a wee bit of a hint. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will shut up. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be me bowing out. Stephen Fletcher. Oh. Stephen Fletcher has two goals. No. <laughs> so, Cal, you need to you need to get this correct to win the game oh, because no. obviously it's the All same right. amount of turns. Okay. Um, so pressure is on. It comes back to me. I've got no idea what I'm going to say next. Can you imagine if that's just how the quiz ends? The quiz just ends. Cal not being able to get anyone. Okay, uh, I'm going to say, um, Days in Maida. Are you sure about that? Uh, no. I, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. I think he scored three. I, he I must have. Scraped three. Everyone that Cam says scraped three. Yeah. They just got three, you know? <laughs> I don't even think Days and Maida scored one yet. No, no, because I know league. he scored against Hibs. He scored against Hibs. Scored against Hibs? Where is his name? That's his only one, though, isn't it? <laughs> that actually might be. Oh, no, because he's been pitched. He's been pitched for like Days and Maida, two goals. Yeah. Fuck. Oh. <laughs> Can we start getting some hints on the teams that they play for, please? I, I have one. I have one in my head. I, so we have, <laughs> I'll go in order of them. We have a Kilmarnock player, a Hibs player, Hibs a player. Rangers player, a Rangers player, a St. Johnston player, an Aberdeen player, a St. Mirren player, and a Livingston player. A Livingston, a Livingston player. player. Mm-hmm. Holy moly. Let me have a thing. Absolutely, absolutely flying, mate. Okay, hold on. Stop doing your flying. Let me, uh, <laughs> I just want to know if I'm allowed, allowed back in the quiz. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I've got, I've got, like, I've got two. Um, oh, for Hibs. I might go. Can I say Big Mike, please? Mike, Michael, uh, whatever his second name is. Yeah. It's not him, I'm afraid. Okay. Okay. I've, um... Yeah. Mike, as we we're now going to call yeah. him on the podcast, two goals and one assist. Uh, as we were talking about, the, the strikers moving, uh, being rotated quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, can Callum get it? I'm... going to say... I know he scored in. Tr- oh. I know because I I I don't know. And I know. He's I know. No, because uh, that's it. I'm oh. a bit conflicted on this one because I've completely forgotten. Like um, Angus, I think a timer has to be introduced. Okay, I'm, okay. <laughs> right. I'm gonna say uh, Scott Arfield. That's oh, a f- Scott apology. Arfield, two goals, yes. one assist. Come back to me. Come back to me. Yeah, right. to, <laughs> to win it because Cam doesn't know who the next one is. The Hibs player with three goals. Is it three goals he's got? He has four goals. Four goals. Josh Campbell. Oh my! Josh Campbell does indeed have four goals yes. this season. Yes. <laughs> the Hearts fan. Hearts fan with his hips fan. Uh, hips knowledge. Wait, Calum, if you get this next one, you're stoned. Nah. He's given up. Wait, who's the? Uh, was this uh, Stevie May one? Yeah, let, oh let's, let, let's still got a team. Oh, oh, I thought you bowed out. Stevie May. <laughs> no, 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 no. We shook hands. We shook hands. Oh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll give up. Can we go through them, eh? Can I say is Livy is uh, the striker with the braids in his hair? Nope. Okay. 
Jason Holt. Livingston has Livingston is, is it, one is of it three. The Muscle Bra NES. It's not the Muscle Bra <laughs> Shabby. It is a player who's played at left back this season for us. Oh, Montano. Christian, uh, Montano, Christian Montano. Yeah. Eagles. Uh, three winners, I think, as well. Yeah. Uh, one nil wins. Hearts, Dundee United, and the other week, me and you were there. Was it St Johnston? St Johnston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So three for him. Um, we also have, uh, obviously, you said Stevie May. The Rangers there. player. The yeah. Rangers player. Uh, can I guess? Oh, tell me. It's not. Uh, is it Lundstrom? It's John Lundstrom. John Lundstrom. Oh, right, yeah. With four goals, yeah. Um, we also had Vincent Bissayan, um at Aberdeen, Alex Grieve at St Mirren. Hmm. So, yeah, he's had not too bad there. But um, we got most of them, to yeah, be fair. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, Calm, but um, although you've lost there, you know, pulling out like Sash Taylor, and that's very, very impressive. <laughs> but, yeah. um, there is like a whole <laughs> smattering of players on. There's <laughs> a whole smattering of players who are on, you know, two goals, like Carl Stalfelt's got two goals yeah. this season, apparently. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, decent showing from you guys. But Not too bad. Yeah, I guess that, you know, wraps things up quite nicely um, with a decent, decent wee quiz there. I hope uh, people enjoyed listening to that, but. Yeah, um, Kyle, um, anything you'd like to plug before we disappear here? I'd just like to say I am the king of Scottish football knowledge, <laughs> and it's uh, been a pleasure being Cur- back. Current quest champion, so we're, yeah, we'll yep. holding on to that. Yep. But I'll yeah. be holding on to it till the Paint impulse quiz, which uh, everyone should be coming to and giving us money exactly. for our magazine. What is that, the 11th? The 11th of November at the Three Sisters at 7pm. 7.30. 6 quid for students to get in. Yeah. Um, come see uh, our team, I mean... I mean, should we just declare right now that we're going to have like a energy sport team? Yeah, are we uh, on yeah, I um, think that's probably. I quite think right. we're more interested in you know, the beverages rather than getting quiz questions right. But yeah, come no. around you with your pint of Disarano and cool. Oh. <laughs> I'm all about the win. I'm, I've got to keep this crown on my yeah, head. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Tommy, first podcast. How do you feel about it? Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed that quiz at the end. That was good, even though I. Uh, the basically quiz. lost. But quiz uh, every week, eh? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed that. A week quiz, yeah. Yeah, I can try and expand from Scottish football as well because yeah. um, if I if I went to who's got three or more assists, how, how well do you think you should do? Uh, I'd walk out the room. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it's literally Jota, and that's basically yeah. it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, um, yeah, we got uh, Energy Sport as well on Radio Energy tomorrow at five pm. So yeah. Yeah, so what's, yeah, it, what's the link for that? Is it just the energy radio? Uh, radi- radioenergy.net. .net. Perfect, cool. And yeah, obviously, Callum, um, yeah. What time is that on tomorrow? At uh, five o'clock. Five o'clock. Perfect. Yeah. So that wraps up quite nicely from us here at Energy Sport. And um, hope you enjoyed listening and come back next week. Um, I've been your host Angus McGregor, and yeah, hopefully we'll see you guys next week. But until then, thanks for now. Bye.